This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays, 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. All right. Uh, big issue uh, that, that um, we're talking about this week. And look, I mean, this has been an issue for years. This, this was a big issue in the 2006 election, I remember. Uh, the idea about child care, how best to support families. Uh, so the liberals are again talking about the idea of a national child care program. So the announcement this week as the budget was released that this is something they're planning on delivering by 2026. And I mean, you can take that with a grain of salt, I suppose. But the idea would be to fund $10 a day daycare right across the country. You bump it into some provincial jurisdiction, obviously. Uh, Alberta has made it clear that we'll take the dollars if the federal government wants to help. Uh, but we should have some flexibility when it comes to delivering child care. And it's an interesting question, isn't it? The one-size-fits-all approach versus maybe recognizing the, the needs of families. And they're not always going to be the same. So the $10 a day daycare, I think, is probably going to seem appealing to those for whom it works. But that's not everybody. There was a really interesting piece in the National Post this week on that question and making the point that if we're going to spend billions to support women's preferences, should we not let women decide those preferences for themselves? Seems like a pretty uh, important question, I think, in all of this. Joining us uh, to talk more about it uh, is the author of that piece. Uh, Danielle Kubes is a millennial personal finance expert. You can read more at her website, daniellekubes, K-U-B-E-S dot com. Danielle, great to have you with us here this afternoon. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. You know, it's interesting because right out of the gate in this piece, you say, I, I should like the idea of universal daycare. Uh, it, mm-hmm. Maybe in theory, it, it sounds appealing. Everybody telling you that, that you should like this, but something about it. What, what is it that, that concerns you about this idea, first of all? There's a number of things that concern me about it. Number one is kind of like you said, it, it's one size fits all approach. When you actually ask women what they want, mothers of young children between the ages of like mat leave and kindergarten, so one to four, what they actually say in all surveys is they either want to stay home full time for those early years or work part time. So in that case, daycare, universal daycare isn't really going to help them. What will help them is maybe more money to replace a lost wage or more money to hire some part time help or the flexibility to go to a private daycare on their own schedule. I don't really see universal daycare actually helping women. There's also the point about the economy that, you know, we're told that this is actually good for the economy, that that having available childcare frees up people to return to the workforce, governments collect taxes from, from those workers, and some even arguing that this somehow pays for itself. But what's lacking in that argument as you see it? I mean, it doesn't pay for itself. It's such an expensive program. I mean, there are 60% of young mothers are already in the workforce in some capacity. So there's not that much room to grow. And I mean, there every economist, economist who studies this has said that 
it, it never pays for itself. It's always more expensive because it's not just like you're think of the government running a daycare. There's salaries, there's so there's costs, there's gonna be unions. It's extremely inefficient program. It's completely different than a private daycare running the show. I mean, yes, the government will recoup some of the costs in the form of taxes, and at best estimates, that's about 40%. So we are talking about a lot of money, and I, I think as you allude to, I mean, it comes down to to how best to allocate that money. Because, mm-hmm. it, it, look, I mean, it is. Child care can be expensive, and it can be tough for, for families, and certainly there are families that maybe would like an addi- you know some additional flexibility mm-hmm. when it comes to these decisions. So... How should we go about it then? What's the best way to, to maximize, I guess, the, the amount of money we're going to end up spending on all of this? Absolutely. And I think what people are missing from the conversation, which I alluded to in my piece, is the government already does help Canadians in various ways. CCB, the Child Benefit, is a great program. It gives cash right back to parents. You have direct subsidies from cities for really low-income parents like single mothers who really they, they have to work, and so they need to send their child to daycare. And we also have an $8,000 tax credit. So we're already getting help. I think a far more efficient and inexpensive uh, solution would be to increase the CCB. I mean, that program is great. If we increase that, it would be a fraction of the cost of the daycare, which is, you know, going to cost $9 billion for just federally to implement, not even provincially. And if we just increase that by a little bit, I mean, that can help so many families offset the cost of childcare of their choice. Yeah, and I think for a lot of families, it's it's about you know what what works for them. And you know, I remember when you know when our kids were younger, and I was working nights, my wife was working days, and so we were able to to kind of make things work. I know a lot of families where they kind of rely on each other, depending on their schedules, or families that have you know grandparents who were able to step in, and maybe it's childcare one or two days a week. Like they're just you know, so many different approaches to this, just anecdotally mm-hmm. that, that, that um, you know, I've certainly seen and, and can attest to, um, that this kind of an approach of having funded childcare spaces, yeah, it, it leaves a lot of people out, doesn't it? I mean, it leaves shift workers out. I mean, can you imagine the government running a program that's going to um, have the flexibility for, you know, shift workers, gig workers? There just isn't yeah. going to be that option for those people, right? What about the situation in Quebec? And this apparently is is still popular mm. in Quebec, and and you know perhaps that's why that the government's looking to to kind of model their approach off of that. It, it exists in in mm. other countries, but I don't know. I mean, can we look at Quebec and and see no. where there's any kind of measurable benefit from having this? There, Quebec is a cautionary tale. It should not be held up as an example. Uh, if you actually look at the literature of universal daycare, and this is not private daycare, this is not what we see in private daycare, but what we, if you actually study, um, and people have studied, there's two excellent long-term studies that are published right now that was last published in 2015 about the Quebec daycare model. Uh, unfortunately, it leads to a lot of very serious, like it does, behavioral problems, especially in boys. And we're not exactly sure why this effect is only seen in a government-run daycare, but it is seen. So I would not look at Quebec for the answer. Quebec daycare did increase the participation in the workforce a little bit for some mothers, but it never paid for itself, like not even close. 
Well, your piece is up at uh, nationalpost.com. If folks want to read it there, as mentioned, much more at uh, daniellekubes.com, K-U-B-E-S. Daniel, appreciate you making some time for us here this afternoon. Thanks so much for this. Thank you so much for having me. All right. All the best. Danielle Kubas is a uh, financial expert uh, and has mentioned her piece in the National Post this week uh, on why this uh, approach is bad for women, bad for children, bad for the economy, she argues. And I think she makes some interesting points. Like there, There's a lot of disagreement on this, and I think there's going to be a really interesting debate going forward. There is also the jurisdictional debate. Whose call is this? Quebec has this? Fine. I mean, that's, that's Quebec's decision, if that's what they want. Like if other provinces want to take a different approach, then shouldn't they also have that flexibility? There's no chance, let's be honest, there's no chance that the Liberals would be proposing a national program that differs significantly from what Quebec is doing. Are we all in agreement on that point? Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.